Well, universe, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised this moment is upon us. In fact, if I'm being honest, I have done one of these roll with the disconnect uh, routines to the point of success probably a dozen times before. But since the episode before this one, I made that maneuver and failed miserably. Well, I'm going to do something I've never done before. And that is go right back over the shit that I just said and explain what the fuck I meant to say. So if you can just give me a second to get this all set up, we'll be golden like a goat. Pause. All right. Well, let's start with the mess that is the initial, uh, come on in, the initial description of my dream deja vu event. And <clears throat> what separates today from any other one of these that I've ever had. And I have to say, the last one of these I had was, I mean, I know th they're always incidental. I feel like the last one I had was seven, eight, ten years ago. I mean, maybe there was one three or four years ago, but I don't remember it if there is. And I can remember a couple happening in sequence, and I can remember a whole string of them happening at once. But, boy, has it been a while since I can remember having one, especially this coherent. So, to have essentially just flipped that whole discussion off without somewhat discussing how impactful it was... And it, it even took a while for the scenario to register what was going on. Because the one perspective I always remembered from this dream was looking up at everybody above me. I couldn't figure out why I was so low in the situation. But there was a forklift involved, so I thought, well, maybe because the forklift is up, I'm a low, I'm a level down. The whole recollection I have of the dream is from my shoulder level up. And obviously today I know that I'm standing on the ground. But what's happening in the dream that immediately registered is nobody knows how to tie a fucking knot. And we're here trying to harness down a, a towering uh, yellow air compressor in the back of a pickup truck with no anchors and no fucking buddy knows even how to tie a knot off on the other side. So I can pull tension on my side and lock down at least the forward backward motion. I mean, it was just, and I remember in the dream, I was thinking, why am I the only one here who knows how to even structurally restrain this device when they're the ones buying it? And why is this woman here buying this thing instead of her boyfriend who runs the company? Because it's not a gift. She's got to get it over to the, to the plant to plug it in so they can get it working. Like the whole thing was so, it didn't make sense to me. And I couldn't figure out why I'd be involved in something that didn't make sense to me. Well, today I got pulled directly into the middle of the goddamn fiasco because the flagger who started the whole uh, scenario got called away on some emergency delivery. So literally pulls me liter uh, like from across the room to come relieve him. 
And then I'm knee deep in where my dream starts. And as soon as I looked up at Jonathan, who's the other guy that was in the situation with me, the other employee, I thought, oh, that's how I know him. And then the whole yellow canister above my head, her looking at me with her makeup on. Oh, man. <laughs> and how can you speak of Dream Deja Vu the day before you have an event involving Dream Deja Vu when it's been years, maybe double-digit years since the last one? How does that all line up? That was the freakiest part of all of it. <laughs> Asking for dream deja vu and getting it the next day? Well, I didn't even ask for it. I just allowed my brain to revisit other events in which it was ignited. And then, bam, there it was. So, I'm still tripped out by this. In fact, I'm not, I, I, I want to take mushrooms again tonight, but two things are keeping me from doing it. The dream deja vu event of today, which is also both triggering me to do it. So let's be honest, that's a double-edged sword, but I don't want to waste drugs. And I'm not sure if between uh, Friday night, wait, was it Friday night? Yeah, Friday night to, to Tuesday night. Is today Tuesday? It is, right? What's the date? It is, yeah, Tuesday, December 20th. I have tomorrow off, which is the incentive to do it. Friday to Saturday, Saturday to Sunday, Sunday to Monday, Monday to Tuesday. Okay, four days. I mean, five to seven is better, but four should be enough. So I may take mushrooms again tonight. <clears throat> and maybe the dream deja vu is coming out of the mushroom trip. It's possible. That's an old dream, that yellow truck dream, yellow compressor truck dream. And it's a dream that I never understood that I was actually working in the situation. I always thought that I had stumbled upon some incompetence and was trying to help them, which is actually kind of what happened. Hey, look at Phoebe got up. She's having her dinner. Maybe we should have a pazzerini here. A pazzerini? What's she eating? Mexican? I mean, Italian? Oh, God. I'm going to erase this part. I wish, I wish, but I won't. I'm just terrible with nationalities right now. But I'm great with dream deja vu. This day, I've got one dream deja vu. If I have another one tomorrow, that'll be two days running. And I've only had back-to-back -back days with dream deja vu in them once. And they were both dream deja vu at the mall. Blah. Thing is, I still haven't really cleaned up the kitchen. So it would be another round of basically hanging out in the bedroom which is fine i mean it's not like you want to move around a whole bunch but um if i don't do them tonight i'm not doing them for a while because obviously the holiday is going to intervene as will all the cold air that supposedly is going to kill all those bunnies but um and that's that's another thing that i wasn't clear on the, the last recording when i was describing how Life is sending us what feel like uh, dogs chomping in the background of your podcast. You know what I mean? Like everything's just kind of a nuisance. Like getting hit with bottle rockets or BB guns.
They aren't necessarily going to kill you, but they sting and they are annoying. Well, I was <clears throat> trying to uh, relate in that space that, well, that was going to be the conversation transitioning to how I haven't been experiencing that lately. How I feel like the world, once you identify, once you know that it's the neighbor kid shooting you with a BB gun from the fucking treehouse, well then you can just stare that motherfucker down every time you walk by the treehouse and he doesn't have the cojones to shoot you while you're looking at him. He can only shoot you while he doesn't, he's cloaked and you don't know where he is. So again, identify that that BB gun over there that has been peppering you as you walk to work has now been once and for all uh, neutralized. That's how it feels to be able to maintain your tranquility, your simple balance, your point of view that doesn't get shaken by this, that, or the other calamity, or even just daily occurrence. You've got to be stable like a freaking oak tree at Augusta if you really want to make it through the grind of 8675309 Earth in a way that doesn't, in some capacity, shred your soul. And even then, I mean, your shroll's gonna, <laughs> your shroll, your soul will be shredded as you do this thing here on Earth. <clears throat> but that's okay, right? Souls are malleable. They're like silly putty. But they're not even like silly putty. Silly putty eventually gets useless. Souls, they're forever. Pause. Okay, addendum number two. Addendum number two. The second addendum to the original recording of today's pathetic attempt to try to do something coherent that turned out poorly. Part two. The hard sell. Pause. Okay. So, <clears throat> what's the hard sell position even necessitating the hard sell uh, approach? When I'm a guy who would rather hard sell, no, 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 no. There's nothing I'd rather do than hard sell. Hard selling sucks. I would, uh, I would put selling people shit that I don't believe in as the last career I would ever want to be saddled with. So sorry for all of you that are in that position, because I know there's a lot of you. That said, why was I willing to bust out the technique that I have have admitted I've probably never pulled off successfully? I don't find appropriate in any condition, and even in this condition, I think I was probably being inappropriate by even thinking of considering it. Well, as a go-with-the-flow mofo, listen to that, baby. That's the first time I've ever put those words together. Go-with-the-flow mofo. It's rare for me to demand anything of anybody, even myself to a certain degree. Though, eh, fuck that, that's not true. But I would never push somebody to do something. I would push every possibility as to why they should do it into their face around them to get them to voluntarily say, I want to do this. Like, I can even see my pussy nature 
of not being able to propose to a woman, but instead give her 9,999 reasons that she should think she wants to marry me until she finally says, you know, maybe we should get married. I've been waiting for you to say that. Because I'm too big a pussy to propose to you. Maybe. That's possible. I mean, I can see that for sure. But this has nothing to do with love and consequence in that, in that capacity. Which is another reason I think that I was ready for the hard sell. This isn't a romantic gesture of any kind. And that's not even fair to call that the hard sell. I would never hard sell a woman on a date. And I would never hard sell uh, uh, a partnership in creativity to somebody who didn't bring to the table a complete tool set of their own in which to paint and be creative alongside me. And that's what I started to realize I had in front of me that if I was going to let go was going to take a long time to replace. Was this spark plug of co-potential. Because I had no idea what tomorrow brings in the creative outlet that I am now committed to and excited to engage. And <clears throat> with so many <laughs> inbound moments of <laughs> what I'll only call uh, improvement for this whole process, well, I don't think I can write them down fast enough. They're making me choke up. I have so much... <laughs> I have so much uh, confidence in the person who I'm opening the creative energy door to. I know there can't be anything but uh, a win-win situation here. And I, I'm not even... Like, a win-win situation for me is that we have a moderately good time and don't feel like we should have been uh, painting our toenails instead. So I'm not, I'm not a big uh, need, need a huge win to call it a win person. But, oh, is my enthusiasm tipping over because I also am somebody who can see potential unrealized and recognize how much a gap there is between what isn't being done Versus what could be done. And the gap I think they're in, in this case, is ginormous. But that's enough said, because there is nothing here to do anything to taint or expect anything out of anything other than I found the right person to say, hey, let's have a conversation and see where it goes. Period. And I can't wait. But I can wait until next year because there's too much going on right now. So... As I finish this up, I'm already envisioning what the next round will include. And for once, it's going to include somebody talking besides me. Or Scary Lily. Scary Lily? She's... Oh, yeah, she is scary. Okay, hang on, pause. And, okay, how much weather forecasting can I do on the stupid recordings? I'm going to stop doing all weather forecasting. Talk about the worst thing that I do. That's it.
Okay, and talking with my mouth full, I agree. Both of those are bad. Okay. And the next part about mental frameworks and the constructs they're in and how that makes essentially the world in which you live, the decisions which you will get to make, <clears throat> the future you will envision for yourself. What's, what's both, what's a good word here, pedantic about these concepts and simultaneously perhaps universally revealing are that, well, this all feels like, well, yeah, of course, I don't think you can see the duh part of it that exists if you can't simultaneously feel like you can't commit to either being the person who always steps in on behalf of the weak and downtrodden or the person who never ever resorts to violence or actions against another. Those are two civilizations you could have been born into. You could have been born into a civilization where it is a crime to not come to the aid of somebody in need. You weren't. And because of that, you don't see coming to the aid of somebody in need as an absolute necessity of life. But almost everywhere else in the fucking universe that you could manifest it's a necessity of life. You don't want to go to Mars with the attitude of an Earthling, that's for sure. And don't even get me started about somewhere like Jupiter. Boy. <sighs> I hope I'm not trapped on Earth. I probably am. You probably are too. Well, this is what I'm saying. Why aren't we making the most of it? If we got another 400 runs of this thing... Are we just always going to end it with tyranny and abuse of individual liberties? Are we? Can we have some other ending happen? Does this always have to be like the movie Clue? There's only three endings. Oh, that sucks. All right. And then, what? hold on. Okay. The <clears throat> probably... Worst 10 minutes of recording of this entire I could be wrong segment happens when I venture off about frostbite and how it wasn't my fault and someone else's fault and yada yada. All of which is true, but none of which is relevant or matters. Because if I go back and see my life plan for this time around, I guarantee you there will be hand damage that will happen to me in my 20s. I just know of too many ways that I was reckless with my hands. And while frostbite turns out to be the worst of the incidents, I'm lucky I have all 10 fingers. And frankly, I'm lucky I haven't done more damage to myself than I have. I've been a pretty reckless hobo. And, uh, and have come out unscathed in places where I literally, still to this day, don't know how I did it. But all that luck aside, 
I can look at my frostbite with the definite derision of bitch got me frostbite. And by bitch, I mean a 15-year-old girl who was in the program for Outward Bound that was called Upward Bound, where they took the same concepts with delinquent felony offenders, some really tough kids, and um, sent them out to the woods and thought a change of perspective would maybe change their lives, especially because they were all pretty goddamn young. But I was pretty goddamn young. I was 20 years old. So I don't think of her as much of a kid as I do bitch that got me frostbite. Okay, I'll stop saying that. Because I probably said it a thousand times in my life. So there's too much held over anger toward an event that I'm pretty sure I planned out for myself anyhow. Number one, that's how you get over shit. That you were just a victim. You don't plan life for everything to be a win. Oh, did you want to ride this ride? We're just going to have you cut the line because we don't want to see you have to wait for anything in life. We just want to see all your needs met immediately. <laughs> no. Who would plan out that life? Share, maybe. Okay, but <clears throat> if you're not Cher or Rafael Nadal, and let's face it, Cher's had some tragedy. Rafa? Not so much. But if you're planning out a life to have growth of your experience here on Earth mean something, well, adversity is built in. It has to be. Pause. It has to be. I'm saying it has to be by you. Why would you build a life to come all the way to Earth to go through all this shit to not challenge yourself in a way that expands your soul. Nobody would do that. Nobody would do that. And you didn't, so don't think you did. <coughs> wow. Okay. And, of course, <coughs> I'm painting a broad brush of supernatural influence in a place where anybody else just sees a bad turn of the weather and stupidly unprepared camp counselor. Uh, yeah. But for all the things that had to have happened, for she and I to be trapped outside in that blizzard, everything had to go wrong. Every fucking thing. And it all did. And <coughs> when I... When I pause, when I think back about her now, and I cannot remember her name. I have tried. I can't come up with it. And I wonder if I've blocked it out. Because I really... I, there's there's nobody in life that I hate except maybe this girl. And I don't hate her. But she's the only person in life who ever misused and abused me to the point that I have the legitimate gripe of saying I owe you a good punch in the face. But... I would never retaliate like that. But she's the only thing close to a person that I can look at with absolute no positive thought whatsoever across my entire smorgasbord of everybody I ever met.
Even Kitty gets a smile from me now and again. But not this girl. Anyway, so my frostbite story involves <clears throat> the sort of nemesis that to me feels like my most evil uh, counterpart ever encountered. And so I can hold on to all that and let that one day, that one moment in time, define my reaction to what was otherwise the greatest experience of my life, quite likely, working at that wilderness school. Certainly one of my top five moments in life happened there. So, why get caught up in that which both likely was planned to happen anyhow, and two, upon executing the plan, well, how have I reacted to it? Well, like shit. I've thought of her as that bitch who gave me frostbite for most of my life. And having <laughs> cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome fall down on me like a ton of bricks, or more like into my gullet like a ton of bricks, well, this girl's chronic issue and acute issue at the moment was severe cramping. We thought she had injured her internal self from how much pain reaction she had to just gentle touch. And she seemed fine and then seemed not fine and then seemed in dire need of medical care in a matter of hours. And the fact that we were so far from the back country of Connecticut that there was no call. This, this is before cell phones or real-time weather updates, any of that shit. There was me and the Housatonic River and a bridge to swim to to hopefully flag down help. And, uh, I mean, it was just, it was everything going wrong that could go wrong. So, what do I do? Well, I do things like make sure that I keep track of my fucking mittens. Because if I don't have my mittens, then my hands get cold. And if my hands get cold, the pain is intense. And I am lucky enough to work with people who treat my hands as importantly, in fact, more importantly, probably than I do. Because one thing that day did give me was the regrettable arrival at work sometimes underprepared for temperatures that I didn't know were coming. In other words, riding to work with a pair of work gloves on when what I needed were my heavy-duty Arctic mittens means I walk in the door in excruciating pain. And I've done it once in October. And October's awfully early to be fucking cold enough to trigger my frostbite, but boy did it. And uh, and from that day on, I've had more... Do you know what the weather report looks like for the, tomorrow? Have you heard about the weather on Thursday? Do you know what's con concern for me than I've ever given myself in true concern given the condition that I have to endure? And it's meant a lot to me. In fact... 
it's reminded me how much I have going for me that I don't even notice. In trying to figure out the ways that I annoy the universe that I probably am not aware of, it's been a different sort of revelation. <laughs> I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. Because what I've really noticed is just how many ways the universe has my back right now. And <clears throat> I'm not someone to say karma's falling my way very often. But there's no doubt karma and I are riding shotgun while my laptop and I, well, that fight, that one will go on forever. But to see karma on my side, it means a lot. So hey universe, happy holidays to you too.